a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to hour number two of the expanded Inside Sources. It is great to be with you every day from 1 to 3 on KSL News Radio. I am Mara Carabello. I'm filling in today for Boyd Matheson, who's taking a nice long weekend this fall. And it's time for us, as Boyd always says, to dig a little deeper and think a little bigger and explore a little wider and challenge our assumptions. I'm going to stick with beginning with challenging our assumptions for this next segment. When you're young, our teacher, our teachers and parents strongly encourage us to go to college, right? We're hearing this over and over. We're told that getting a degree is the only way to get a good job to make a decent living. And as a result, two-thirds of students enrolled in college after graduating from high school. So two-thirds of us move on to college. But what is this bachelor's degree really worth? Well, new from FREEOP, which stands for the Foundation for Research on Equal Opportunity, they've compiled data on the return on investment for 30,000 bachelor's degrees. So with us today is Preston Cooper, visiting fellow at FREEOP, and the author of the new paper, is college worth it? He joins us to discuss some key findings from this report. Preston, we're excited to have you with us today. Thank you, Mara. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to be here, and I wish I were in Utah right now. Yes, absolutely. It's it's a great day to be in Utah. So, take us through what the key findings are from your report. Sure. Well, the the number one finding from this report is that choosing which college degree to pursue is the most important financial decision that many people will ever make. As you noted, students are often asking themselves whether college is worth it, but we should be asking, how can we make college worth it? So as you mentioned, we estimated the uh, return on investment, the net financial value for 30,000 different bachelor's degrees across America. Uh, And that's basically the return on investment is how much the college degree is expected to increase your earnings after taking into account the cost of college. Uh, and we found that 20% of these degrees are pretty good. They uh, increase your lifetime earnings by about $500,000 or more. But another 28% have no net financial value at all. So after you take into account the cost of college, it basically comes out in a wash, or sometimes you'll come out a little bit behind. Uh, so there's a huge range of the returns uh, for these college degrees. And I think that when we have this uh, idea that college is just a golden ticket and you'll always be successful if you get a college degree, it turns out that's not right. You can be successful if you get a college degree, but you have to choose the right one. 
Okay, so uh, if those are the overall, tell me one thing. Just I want a little nugget of what stood out. I mean, this is your area of research. What stood out the most as you saw these findings from the research? Of course. Well, so what? What the number one finding is really that major is the most important factor. And I'll give you an example. So take the University of Pennsylvania, which you know is, is known as a very a very elite, very selective school. And one of its programs, the program in finance, uh, is one of the best uh, best college degrees in our data set. It has a return on investment of $4 million over the course of your lifetime. But at that very same school, that, that very same school, you just walk across campus to the film building, that if you look at the film major, the film and media studies major, the return on investment for that major is negative $140,000. <laughs> so students are actually coming out of that program worse off than when they started. And so you look at this huge difference between students who are on the exact same campus, over $4 million difference, and you think, wow, you know, it really matters not just where I'm going to school, but it really matters what subject I'm choosing to study. Okay, so this is interesting, though, because you were talking about a hardcore social scientist major back in the day who, you know, came out with considered philosophy and got more responsible with political science. So clearly I was. So what do you do with, you know, learning for learning's sake versus having a financial um, background as you go out? How, how am I if I'm a if I'm a kid, if I'm a junior, I have a junior in high school right now. What am I telling her about her ability to earn versus um, what she's interested in if they don't align? Sure. Well, of course, you know, learning for learning's sake is still good. Um, and I don't I don't want to dismiss that. But I also think it's important that when you are considering choosing, you know, a passion major, say a major that doesn't necessarily pay very much, but you're really passionate about it, you know, it's a free country. That's a legitimate choice that you can make. But you should know just how much money you're giving up if you're going to make that choice. Um, and, and that's what I'm hoping that this new data set can help students do. If you're comparing, say, uh, you know, a hard science major like like chemistry or like physics to um, you know, a humanities major or an arts major, you should be able to compare the value of those two degrees and figure out, well, just how much am I giving up if I make this choice? And if you look at that difference and say, you know, I think it's worth worth giving up that much money in order to pursue my dream career, that's legitimate choice. You can do that. But I think a lot of students, once they have the information, once they look at the difference in earnings between some of the, you know, more science-oriented majors and the economics and the business, you know, the more practical majors versus, you know, the arts, the music, the philosophy. Um, I think a lot of students will say, wait a minute, maybe maybe it's not worth giving up that much money to pursue, you know, this major that I kind of like. Maybe I should should consider going for a major that's going to have more practical value and enable me to earn an upper-middle-class lifestyle. So for the next step, though, like what what do you think would happen if 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 most of the youth – um, looked this up, got some great advice on how to be economically viable when they left college, and more and more people went into those areas. Do you think we would see um, a decrease in the earnings in the private sector because more offerings in that, or not necessarily? You have more uh, qualified it's possible, people. You know, it, um, it, it, it is certainly possible. Um, but I think we should think about, you know, why do some majors have higher earnings than others? Why do engineers earn so much more than philosophy majors? That is the market telling us 
that we really need engineers. You know, there's all this talk about the labor shortage right now. And wages are the way that the economy signals where the shortages are in the labor market. If you have really high wages for engineers or computer scientists, that is a sign that we need more engineers and more computer scientists. Um, that's a sign that we need more nurses. That's a sign that we need more economists. And that might also be a sign that we need fewer artists and musicians. Doesn't mean we need no artists and musicians, but we, we're probably producing too many artists and musicians from our colleges than the, uh, than the market can bear. So, yes, it's possible that, you know, if there's a, if there's a realignment of students towards, you know, more financially vi- viable majors, that might lead to a slight, slight reduction in wages. But the, the positive aspect of this is that we're getting more workers in the areas where the economy really needs it. And that's going to generate shared prosperity that will benefit the entire country. Okay, so give us the short list, the inside scoop on what are the top handful of highest return, middle return, and what are those low returns? Just give us some samples. Sure. So the best program anywhere in the country is the uh, computer science program at Caltech. Um, Number two is finance at 10, and number three is, is computer science at Carnegie Mellon. So the top of the list is really dominated by those, you know, very science oriented majors, particularly computer science. And they tend to be, you know, more at, more at elite schools, although there are some, some schools on that list that, uh, you know, don't always make the top of the U.S. news. Um, and then at the other end, you'll see uh, a lot of programs, uh, a lot of programs in the arts, a lot of programs in music, um, a lot of programs kind of in, um, in gender ethnic studies, um, some programs in film, philosophy, psychology. Um, and the remarkable thing about that is even at colleges that we perceive to be really, really good, like Harvard or Yale or Penn, there are still a lot of programs there that have negative ROI that don't pay off because students have been uh, choosing the wrong major. And one example is uh, the film program at Penn that I mentioned earlier, negative $140,000 for this program at a university, which has, what, a 4% acceptance rate and is consistently ranked at the top of the U.S. news. Um, So, you know, I think what what I hope to impress upon people is that the choice of school is not a golden ticket. You know, just because you're going to an Ivy League school, that doesn't mean you're set for life. Uh, It really matters what you choose to major in. And just because you go to a school that maybe doesn't have the U.S. news ranking, doesn't have the huge endowment, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to be economically successful. You can still be very successful financially if you choose to major in the right field. Right. So maybe this is good news for some that the school maybe isn't or equally important as the major itself. So I'm going to ask you um, to give us information about where, if, if one of our listeners is trying to find out then information they can go a little deeper about the financial values. Tell us again where they can find this report. Sure. You can find it at freeop.org. That's F-R-E-O-P-P.org. It should be right at the top of the webpage. And there's a big interactive database there where you can type in any college in the United States, any major in the United States, and uh, up will pop, uh, you know, the ROI for, for all the majors at that school. This is great information, and we really appreciate it, Preston Cooper. Those of you who want to see what the most successful in terms of financial yields are, go to that site. For those of you who are joining me in our passion majors, I'll be starting a support group later about those who want to study (laughs) philosophy and not earn money. But thank you, Preston. This was really interesting, great information. Thank you, Mara. I was glad to be on. Yep. A new report from the Justice Department says black and Asian kids in Davis County schools faced serious and widespread harassment. We are going to talk next about what happened and why we don't recognize this bias in our community.
a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.